The CGA Tour, a podcast unlike any other. Now your host, Calvin Alexander. Welcome back to the latest episode of the CGA Tour. I'm your host, Calvin Glenn Alexander, as always. And tonight I'm joined by Madison Morris, who is with the franchise out of Oklahoma City. Madison, how's it going? Hey, Calvin. Uh, All is going well. Full swing into basketball season right now. So, of course, all the chaos is looming and it is here and it is great. Uh, But other than that, it's it's exciting. It's good to be back in the rhythm of things, kind of back into the flow of all the craziness of basketball, juggling a little bit of football here and there, but can't complain. So all is well. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I know I wanted to, I know we, we both went to Oklahoma State, both huge Thunder fans, of course, but for sure, the Oklahoma State season hasn't gone the exact way I wanted to. So I figured I'd ask you about the less depressing thing, um, Oklahoma wise and uh, jumping for the Thunder instead. <laughs> no, honestly, that sounds good because I think I might shed tears if we talk about the Cowboys too much. Yeah. And uh, homecoming scheduled against the unbeaten Baylor Bears, which I didn't think I'd be saying that this season, but that just brings all more narrative to talk about. Westbrook leaving and Paul George being traded and all type of stuff. So um, for a little bit of background for any listeners who are new to the podcast here, I do live in Detroit now and not San Diego, but always want to leave that as a buffer just in case someone's trying to find me out in San Diego. But but yeah, so um, so yeah, so the Thunder. So do you think that if the conferences are realigned and there's just basically no... You don't have to be in the East or West. It's not the top eight seeds from each side, just the top 16 seeds total. Do you think this current Thunder roster with Chris Paul and Steven Adams and Danilo Gallinari and all these guys would have a chance to make in the playoffs? Like, do you think they're the top 16, one of the top 16 teams in the league? See, I do to an extent. I really do. Because if you really uh, dissect this team right now and you look at all the talent that's on this team and on this roster for now, I know things are mm-hmm. always going to be a moving piece. Uh, but right now, I I don't want to be that person that gets a little too optimistic about the preseason. But I totally <laughs> am about to do that because I, I've been watching these guys uh, not only on the court for preseason, but in a blue and white scrimmage. I've been seeing them in practice, them in shoot arounds. They really mesh well together, which I think people forget that that's a really big and key component to any team, especially in the NBA, is how well they mesh on and off the court. And right now, I think the team chemistry is very strong because they're playing very well together. Uh, These guys are very versatile. They're very involving of one another. And uh, one of the big things that they've been talking about lately has been the communication between them. They've been really big on how they're talking to each other in practice, how they're talking to each other uh, during game time situations. And it's just been, it's been a very vital part of the way that they have transitioned into one unit. And I think that's so important for them because this is, I always have to make a disclaimer, especially when uh, I'm on other podcasts, I'm not saying anything negative about Russell Westbrook or Paul George leaving, but I will say that I, I feel like there's a different energy to the Oklahoma city thunder now. And I feel like it's a little bit more positive because they're able to be more vocal with each other. They're able to kind of experiment a little bit more. And I, I really do think that the way this team is communicating with each other, the way they're working together right now, they could absolutely be in the top 16 and make a playoff like spot. That would just be, that would be something great for this team. I think that's really Uh, obviously it's for every team, but that's really something that's on Oklahoma city's mind right now. And they talk about it. They're very vocal about it. 
and they're working hard for it. So yeah, Calvin, I really do think they could if, you know, you know, setting aside some factors that play a a key role into it. But I, I really do. I think they could. I see. I I agree with the energy because even myself here living, you know, hundreds of miles away from Oklahoma City, as a huge Thunder fan myself, I feel like there's less pressure. You know, like I'm not expecting this team to go out and win championship or, you know, even I'm not even expecting necessarily us to like make the playoffs no matter what. You know, I'm not expecting us like to be by far and away top eight in the West and all type of stuff. So it's it's good to hear that someone who actually see, sees the team on a you know daily basis and such and is seeing the same kind of things. Um, the other question I have for you here is, do you, do you think now that Steven Adams will have a higher three-point percentage than Russell Westbrook did last <laughs> season? Oh, man, that's, that's probably the question that's on everyone's mind right now, especially <laughs> with that opening corner three that Steve took. Oh, my took. gosh. That, oh, man, guys, I really wish I could just, like, properly and adequately explain the level of hypeness I felt watching that happen. It was (laughs) so great because I I think, I don't remember who asked him this last season, but if you guys can recall and Calvin, I know you can, Steven never stepped outside the perimeter last season. That was just very out of his comfort zone. Um, That was just not something that was drawn into the game plan. And he spoke openly to that saying, you know, I don't step outside of the game plan. If that's not drawn up, I'm not going to do it. And so um, someone asked him one time after a game because, uh, oh, gosh, I think it was against like the Kings or something uh, at home at Chesapeake. And he <laughs> he got the ball and I think it was an assist from Russ. And he kind of he posted up on the perimeter like he was going to take a shot and everybody just freaked. But he didn't take <laughs> it. Uh, he passed it back out and went back to the post. But he was asked after the game. Like, is that something you're ever going to do? Is that something we're going to see? Are you getting more comfortable doing that? And he basically said, no, absolutely not. Like, Russell will kick my butt if I do that. <laughs> and he he legit said that. And so, honestly, the fact that he took that three-pointer to start the game against Dallas and Tulsa, that was just, like, the epitome of this new season for Oklahoma City because things are changing. And things are being, I don't know, they're, they're feeling more fluid for this team. And guys, like I said earlier, they're able to experiment more and uh, kind of take on different roles. And so I really felt like that was just a key situation for the Thunder and how everybody is saying this season is going to be so different for them. Absolutely. Look at Steven taking three-pointers now. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Calvin, like, I, it could be higher. <laughs> uh, he even said after that game, obviously, that was the first question he was asked in Tulsa. It was just, you know, what, what went into that? Like, what was going through your head? And he said that was actually drawn up. It was something that him and Billy talked about during shoot around that morning. And Billy even wow. said like, I trust you, you need to take this shot. And Steven said, okay. <laughs> and he did. <laughs> well, maybe uh Steven Adams is the next unicorn. He was showing up Chris stops on uh, <laughs> Tuesday for sure. I, I go back into about the whole conference, you know, like, you know, are the thunder better than insert X team. And the immediate ones for me is like, if we're going through all 16 teams, I'm not even going to talk about the, the Western conference. Cause the Western conference this year you know, I, I still think the Pelicans, the Mavs, you know, they're all going to be fighting for a playoff. The Mavs, Pelicans, and the Spurs are all going to be fighting mm-hmm. for the playoffs at the end of the day. And I believe no matter what, those three teams are going to be better than the Thunder. And one of those three teams is not going to make the playoffs, maybe two. So that brings me over to transition over to the Eastern Conference. And there's days where I go, you know what? The Thunder could definitely be better than 
this year's Pacers or this year's yeah. Orlando Magic. And, you know, you go through like the Eastern Conference and all, and who knows how good the Raptors will be this year without Kawhi, depending more on mm-hmm. Kyle Lowry, the whole thing. And I I really do think, in my mind at least, that, you know, we're on the same page here on this. I'm definitely not going to argue with you, but the Thunder are every bit able to make the playoffs this season if if the NBA made some ruling where there's no East versus West or whatever. So it's a kind mm-hmm. of mythical thing, but still, you know, the Thunder are in the top 16 teams in the NBA, but they're probably 12th in the West or 10th in the West or, or whatever it shakes out to be. Yeah, no, I agree. I think right now um, a lot of people are, they're not necessarily going to count Oklahoma City all or out immediately, but I think there's going to be a lot of doubts just because obviously Russell Westbrook, after spending 11 seasons here, he's gone. And so that automatically makes people just really question this team because when you have a guy who's here for 11 consecutive seasons and he's the face of the franchise, he is the end all be all for a city who is deemed a quote unquote small market. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's hard for people to keep, a lot of the hype and the excitement that they had earlier. And then of course, Paul George is gone after two seasons. That guy's an all-star. I mean, he was, he was in the running for uh, the MVP candidate this year. That was, that was huge for Oklahoma city. And it made people really uh, believe that he was basically the key component to Oklahoma city being successful. But here's the thing. I really don't think people should count this team out yet. I mean, obviously, no one knows exactly how long Chris Paul is going to be in Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said at the beginning of the podcast, I think there are still going to be some moving pieces as season continues. There's no telling what this team will look like come February. Uh, but at the same time, this team possesses a lot of young, energetic talent. Not to say that, that these other teams don't, but if you're looking at guys like Shea Gilgis-Alexander, even Darius Baisley... Calvin, I don't know if you got to watch the first two preseason games, but Hamadou Diallo, he has really turned into quite the studly player. He was incredible uh, against the New Zealand Breakers the other night. And so it's just, it's, it's little things like that that give me and should give other people hope about this team that they really can break into the top 10 of like the Western Conference. They can, they can fight for a playoff spot. They may not nab it at the end of the day, but they can at least put up the fight for it and they won't be just ruled out right away. Yeah, I guess the the thing for me is that I fortunately lived in San Diego last year and saw three Clippers games where I saw <laughs> SGA play, and that that guy stuck out to me immediately because not only did he play extremely well, and he took the Warriors, you know, the the NBA Finals, you know, version of the Warriors last year with Kevin Durant, um, to you know, he scored a bunch of points that game. He clearly is able to play at a high level, but also he's like the tall point guard, you know, I think at least we'd always want next to Russ or instead of Russ, you know, like, like Westbrook's amazing. And of course he won MVP and that'll be like the guy, you know, for me for forever because he was in Oklahoma City as I was growing up, all type of stuff. But the, the move forward, like the next guy after Russ, I'm so glad it's not, I'm so glad it's not, you know, insert X player that is also ball dominant, that is also, you know, needs the ball to make, you know, anything happen. And, you know, it's just really energetic. I'm excited to see like a different version of this Thunder team. And and you're right too, like Paul George, you know, for the fact that Damian Lillard was waving goodbye to him and it was, that was rubbing at my heartstrings um, in the Western <laughs> Conference harsh. playoffs. Harsh. Yeah. Yeah. And like the fact that was tough and Oklahoma City was made into a meme and all type of stuff. 
before Paul George <laughs> got injured at some point with the rotator cuffs or became worse or whatever happened right. towards the All-Star break, you're incredibly right. He was playing at an MVP caliber level where all Thunder fans, including myself, were going, I mean, Western Conference Finals, right, guys? Like, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll play KD again. Like, this is this is where we're going. Then the All-Star break happens, and something didn't, didn't go right after that, and we slipped down to wherever we were at, and it didn't go perfectly. But enough on the past. I think what you're saying is incredibly true, that this, this team at least is going to bring a new it, – it, it sounds weird saying like the Oklahoma City Energy are going to have like a new uh, vibe, new mentality, all type of stuff when there's still a Steven Adams, there's still Robertson, there still is, you know, a couple other guys. But I watched the Allo in Summer League as well um, this this last year, and he's crazy. Like he, mm-hmm. he takes a lot of three-pointers now, or a lot more than he did, of course, last year in his, um, you know, his couple minutes he was playing a game. But all these guys are going to have a lot bigger opportunity. And... The only reason why I think this team wouldn't be that good is for two reasons, I guess. One, like you said, some moving pieces might happen where we just let the young guys play and we see what happens and, hey, we unleash it, you know, unleash them. And, you know, we see a lot of Deontay Bird and we see a lot of, you know, Nader and other guys because we're, we understand our draft picks are only, you know, better if we're worse. Um, and we don't play Steven Adams like all 82, et cetera, et cetera, even if he's healthy. But I also feel like the Chris Paul trade is the other side of it. You know, there's a possibility he gets traded. There's a possibility that some team, the Minnesota Timberwolves, if they feel like they're close, the Miami Heat, if they feel like they're close, whoever, that has a guy on a big contract and they just try to trade out of it too. Right, yeah. And I think that's that's definitely something that's on a lot of Thunder fans' minds is just, you know, when is Chris Paul going to leave? If he's going to leave, uh, how long is he going to be here? How long can he contribute? But I think right now the best thing to do is really just focus on this team and where they are now because they're they're meshing so well together. And I started to see that, especially throughout training camp. Uh, Billy Donovan held a very aggressive and grueling training camp this season mm-hmm. because he really wanted to push these guys uh, to really uh, just form their cohesiveness and form it quickly because he knows that it's game time. He knows that Russell Westbrook is gone. He knows that things are changing and I believe Sam Presti, he, he keeps using all of these different, uh, <laughs> he keeps using all these different words that I think people are like rolling their eyes about. But at yeah. the same time, there is a lot of reformation going on. And it's, it's been positive so far, because if you take a step back and you look at this, you have Steven Adams. This guy has been solid since 2013. He's been here. He loves playing in Oklahoma City. Yes, his name was kind of circulating through the trade rumors, but at the end of the day, like he was even asked about that. And he's like, I mean, people can just make stuff up and like things can be said, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's true. And right now I'm here and I'm happy to play for Oklahoma city. Mm-hmm. And so he has it. He knows his due diligence to the people of Oklahoma city and to this organization. So he's really stepped up into just this prime leadership role. That's been great for Steven because I think that's perfect for him. These guys that are coming in their first year in Oklahoma city, their second, even guys like Terrence Ferguson, it's only their third, but they're still considered a vet. It's yeah. just, it's so great because guys like Steven and Andre, who's, he, he's getting there. He's almost there. And um, we'll talk about him a little bit later, but guys like Steven and Andre, he, they've really stepped into this leadership role because they understand that that was kind of Russell's place. And a lot of questions about uh, leadership were asked during media day. And every single guy pretty much said the same thing, which I totally agreed with is that there's not just one person on this team who serves as a leader because they're an entire unit. 
they're an, they're a team. It's a team sport. Basketball is very um, centered around communication and the way that five guys can work on the court together. So that's that's kind of a big thing. They're saying like everybody has a role on this team. Nobody is just like one above the other. Obviously, people are going to have more experience than other guys, but it's going to have to be a team sport, and that's what they're striving for. And so it's just been it's kind of been a positive thing to hear them talk about stuff like that. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, well, off of that, I mean, who who from this team do you feel like I know there isn't technically divisions, all type of stuff of who's better than who. But, you know, Chris Paul's been in the league. He's I think still like the NBA Players Association president or whatever. And, you know, he's, of course, been an all star and, you know, Clipper success, Rocket success. And of course, mm-hmm. Steve Nav's been with the team since 2013. But who who do you feel like is should make the All Star team or could make the All Star team from this Thunder team? I really do think this could be the year for Steven Adams, just because he he kind of okay. So it was funny. I almost snickered a little bit. I don't even know <laughs> if you hear it, but you mentioned yeah. the All Star break a right. little bit earlier, and that has been kind of the plateau for the Thunder the past couple of seasons because <laughs> yeah. it seems like everyone gets worse after the All Star break. Right. Um, and that was a little bit of Steven Adams issue the past two years. And I think that's really what kind of kept him out of being considered a true all-star. But you have to understand, Steven Adams, this guy is a monster. He does the dirtiest of dirty work for this entire team. He cleans up the rim. He protects the rim. He is just a dominant ball player. And I really do think that this could be the year that he was uh, in the all-star race. I really think he could be a prime candidate for that. And Obviously, you guys are going to think about Chris Paul if he does stay with Oklahoma City throughout the season. Who knows? Chris Paul is an all-star. He's a great vet. He's 34 years old, and he is still cooking out there. He's doing great. He's really handling the ball well, and he's orchestrating this team with ease right now. And so if that can continue, I do think that could be uh, possible for Chris as well. Right now, there's just there's it's a little too early for me to name anybody else just because they're all so young. They're all so... Um, I don't want to say like rusty still, but they're still kind of shaking off a little bit of uh, the cobwebs from summer. I know a lot of them did play guys like Danilo Gallinari played for team Italy the entire Mm -hmm. summer. The guy's 30 years old. He's been in the league for 10. It's just, you know, guys like Danilo, man, that could even be, that could be someone that people should pay attention to for the all-star race as well. But I don't know, really those three guys that I just named are probably all that I could say about right now, just because of the progress and, uh, the hard work they've put in so far. But that's the crazy thing about Oklahoma City is that they continually strive and get better and better and better. Sometimes they plateau and things decline, like if they face injury or health reasons. But mm-hmm. I really do see a lot of potential for guys on this team to reach that level. And so there's really no telling, but I would say those three are definitely on my radar for that. Gotcha. So I, I guess in my mind, I want to put SGA in there as a dark horse just because – Oh, for sure, yeah. I, I mean, I feel as though, again, from the you know from the non you know non everyday personnel perspective and just the fan perspective here, like I I I want SGA to be so good and seeing him in person a couple of times, seeing him you know watching the YouTube clips, all type of stuff. I feel like that guy could make a jump, but then again, I'd also love to see Stephen Adams you know make the All Star game, like. I hope Steven, I hope Steven really does. I hope he like flourishes in a new type of pick and roll that we run. And there's just more, he just has more stats he can add to his game. No more is like Russ taking 
one to two rebounds from him or whatever it is every single game that like Steven's just bumping out to Russ for a fast break. Like, yeah, there's there's something, you know, where ever everyone looks and just goes, yeah, Steven's got like, you know, he's got, he's averaging like a 20 and 10 or he's averaging, you know, a 10 and 10 every single night or something like that, where the the Western Conference doesn't have a ton of big men. The whole league really doesn't anymore at this point. So I'd love to see. Steven just get like that nod of like, okay, you know, it's him, Rudy Gobert, and I don't know, Clint Capella, or maybe Christoph Porzingis slides in that center role for the All-Star Maybe even like Nikola. Yeah. Like Jokic. He's he's kind of like the only big in the Western Conference that I actually like have some eyes for in a sense, just because I think, I mean, obviously he's just incredible at his job, Mm -hmm. but I mean, I don't, I don't see too many differences besides shooting from the perimeter that Steven doesn't have, but hello, Steven is obviously starting to do that now, so who knows? <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, shooting three pointers can change everything, how I perceive you, um, especially on a game to game basis. It still is crazy to me that the off the opening tip, the seven foot seven footer from New Zealand shoots yeah. a three and and makes it. And it wasn't like it was just wide open where no one was guarding him. I mean, I forget which Mavs player it was, but there was somebody up close to him. Yeah, too, so it was. Uh, it was a little contested. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was close by. Um, but but yeah, I guess in my mind, I'd love to see Steven make it. I'd love to add in a dark horse of SGA if Chris Paul is not with the Thunder. I think you know, in like a couple of months or, or whatever, or before Christmas, which I have no idea, and I don't know if you do of Chris Paul being traded or not. But it's one of those things where the more time some guy has, you know, a chance to play, the more chance he has to make an All Star game, and that's kind of I'm. Throwing SGA as that dark horse of, I don't necessarily think him and Chris Paul play a ton of minutes together on the court at the same time, but who knows? Mm-hmm. No, who knows? Because Billy, I, I believe it, yeah, it was the Tulsa game. Started mm-hmm. with three guards out there. Had Chris, Dennis, and SGA yeah. in starting rotation, which I somewhat enjoyed because I feel like that's, it is preseason, so it's kind of just like prime opportunity for all kinds of experiments, but I enjoyed it because I feel like this is really Billy's chance to get these guys involved with each other and have, I don't want to call it like a learning opportunity, but maybe mm-hmm. just like a little bit more of a mentoring opportunity. Um, SGA, this is only his second year in the league and he's already with his second team. Like the guy is evolving. He's young. He's only 21 years old. Like he, he needs guys like Chris Paul out there. And even Dennis, I believe Dennis is only like 25. So he's really not that much older um than Shay. So I think both of these guys are still evolving a lot. I see a lot of new leadership coming out of Dennis when he is out there with Shay. And so I really do feel like they are prepping this guy to just completely take over as the prime ball handler. And I'm all about it. Just because I agree with you, Calvin. I think he has a lot of hidden talent that people aren't aware of yet, but he's gonna have an excellent opportunity to showcase that this season for Oklahoma City. Yeah, which is uh Kind of, kind of crazy to me that we've got a guy who is currently, you know, all-star caliber and Chris Paul, but on declining, we, we've got that next guy already on the roster. Um, so it seems seems like a good position to be in, if any. But from, from Thunder, who do you think is like the, the most improved player that we're going to see? Of course, you know, it's, and I'm not necessarily saying any of the guys who we get traded for, um, but who do you think, you know, comes in and, you know, we just didn't really expect it from him? You know, I I have a couple um, just because I I feel optimistic about one of them, but the other one I actually am like pretty set on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know I kind of spoke to it 
uh, a little bit earlier, but I really do think Hamadou Diallo is going to be the most improved guy just because I think he gained a lot of confidence from uh, the dunk contest that they had. And he was obviously he's the reigning dunk champion representing yeah. Oklahoma City. Like that guy has so much raw and pure athleticism. And he's young, he's energetic. Uh, he put on a little bit of weight. I don't know if you'll be able to notice. He did put on some more muscle mass. He's been working really hard. He looks good. Um, he just he looks very focused this season. And not that he didn't have that last season, but he is now he's you know, he's seasoned a little bit more. He is here in Oklahoma City for another year. He's really been able to um, learn a lot, not only from the Thunder, but he had a couple of he had a couple of games uh, with the Oklahoma City Blue where he got to play in the G League a little bit. And I think he took a lot away from that. And then, of course, when he's pulled back over to play for the Thunder, he's able to show out and really make a lot of noise on the court. So Hamadou Diallo is, without a doubt, uh, the guy that I would say is my most improved, uh, just the guy that I'm seeing. But I also have big expectations for Nerlens Noel. Just because mm, okay. he is, he's really stepping into a role this season. Because Calvin, what you said earlier, with who knows, like how often Billy's going to utilize Steven. I think he's going to, of course, just because Steven is Steven and he provides for this team. But so tomorrow night they're playing in Dallas, and uh, Steven is not going to make the trip. So mm. this is going to be a big, big opportunity for guys like Nerlens and Mike Muscala and especially Justin Patton, who's new to the Thunder as well. So Nerlens Noel, I really do think he's going to get that start tomorrow night. I don't know that for sure. Uh, that's just me uh, insinuating. But I also, I just, I have a lot of big expectations for Nerlens because I forgot what, I think it was against the Suns last year, but it was a game that Steven was hurt. And so he had to sit out and Nerlens took that starting position and Nerlens, he came out with like 24 points and 12 rebounds and he was an absolute star that game. And it just showed that he was able to step into uh, that role of being the starting center and do it with ease. And he never really got a lot of those opportunities last year just because Steven was the guy. Uh, and I think Steven really meshed a lot better with guys like Paul and Russell just because of his size and the way that he snags rebounds and all that good stuff. But I also just I really see Nerlens being a guy that's going to impress people because he learned a lot from his first season with the Thunder last year. And if he is a guy that sticks around for the entire season, then I think he could also be an incredibly improved player. That, I mean, that would be awesome. I, I almost kind of forget about him now and then just because I know, of right? <laughs> all, all of the stuff that happened in the offseason. And I remember, you know, one day I saw like Nerland signed and then he, I think it was like right before or after the rust trade or whatever. And then he kind of like backed <laughs> out of the original signing and, and then backed into it again or whatever. And mm-hmm. do you remember what his contract is for? Is he playing? Is he playing on a one year again? Yeah, I believe he's on a one year again. Um, it's still for only like, a couple million, mm-hmm. maybe not even two million yet. I'm not really quite sure. But yeah, that whole ordeal with his contract was super funky. It, I think it was like someone put out the information of him signing before he had even signed. So that's just oh, what, where the okay. mass confusion came from. And then he actually did sign it. So it kind of made like the story is like, oh, Nerlens isn't going to sign. Like, But he was like, no, no, no. Like, I'm going to. I just haven't yet. And you guys already reported that I did. Uh, yeah. But no, I, I think he's... I think he's really someone that people should pay a lot of attention to. 
Yeah, it's like a Woj with the tweets at six oh four, you know, on a Sunday <laughs> when the trade, you know, when Frieden's only able to start signing at six o'clock, and mm-hmm. it's like, okay, the the ink is still fresh, you know. And then Roland's <laughs> case, it's, hey, I, I I'm I'm in route to sign it, but you know, I haven't gotten there yet. Um, yeah, give me a second, man. <laughs> of course, I I would exp- I guess yeah, I forget about him being on the team, and I remember. How, you know, highly he was thought of coming out of college and, you know, all that type of talent and stuff. You know, originally with the Sixers, I believe. And mm-hmm. it, it's interesting to me that the Sixers for half a second here, it's interesting to me that they're like, I think there are three, three guys they had drafted the, the top overalls that, you know, are not with the team is Markel Fultz, who, of course, is now just playing with the Magic, and then mm-hmm. Nerlens. And then, um, oh gosh, I'm forgetting the other guy who went to Duke, who um, was there for a minute. He was also like a power forward center, but I think he's like their sixth overall pick that year. But any, anyways, it, it's kind of interesting to me how those Sixers guys, like, you know, the Sixers get a lot of trust the process. And it's like, all right, you got Ben Simmons, and that's pretty much it. Yeah. But, you know, things haven't worked out too badly for him, of course, but they've had good free agency signings and gotten Ben Simmons and... Anyways, but but yeah, I forget how good Nerlens was coming out of college, what the hype was with him, and now, you know, there's not a lot of he doesn't have to he's not shouldering a you know a ton of pressure either. You know, I mean, I'm sure he wants to play good to help the team win, and of course to get a better contract next year and all type of stuff. But then again, like Stevens, Stephen's starting, so mm-hmm. you know, Nerlens got to go out there, and I remember. I remember liking the lineups last year when we did play like the, you know, we played like the Jazz and they played Gobert and, you know, others where it's, which we go, okay, you know what, you want to play, you know, I guess not small ball, but big ball and we'll go ahead and throw out Steven and Narlins and we'll, we'll mm-hmm. see how you guys deal with it too. So that that's always good and I would I would love to see Diallo, really love to see that guy, um, you know, win the most improved player trophy on the league but in kind of your mind here and probably mine too of being the most improved on thunder would be in its own right pretty darn cool as well oh for sure man i think there's so many guys on this roster that have so much potential even first year guys like uh darius Baisley is someone who a lot of people need to be excited for um obviously terrence ferguson he he's just a pure athlete out there he's really big into showcasing a lot of his talent at prime opportunities and then people should be a little bit excited for Dennis, too, because Dennis is a shooter. And so Dennis is someone who I really thought did a very good job last season taking over if Russell had to go sit on the bench for a mm-hmm. little bit. You know, Dennis coming off the bench, it wasn't really someone uh, that fans would just sit back and say, oh, God, like they're yeah. about to decline just because it's Russell's not- sitting down, Dennis is out. No, not at all. Yeah, it's not Raymond Felton, you know, or... No. Um- <laughs> Dang, I loved Raymond Felton. I'm so sad he's gone. I'm not going to lie. He is a quality human being. I will say that. Yeah, nothing against him, but man, the, the amount of jokes people are making about you know him <laughs> him needing to lose some weight or whatever, I was like, all right, we all need to look around the room too, but it, it, at least for me. But I, I do think a lot about you know how it's nice to have a quality backup point guard to Russ, and it's not, you know, whatever, the, the year Russ won MVP, I think that... I might be butchering here, but I think that was the 2017-2018 year. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, the second Russ would go off the court, like the Thunders plus minus would just drop. And it's nice to have a guy who's played in the league, feels comfortable with the team, coming back his second year. And, 
you know, all type of stuff who, who um, can provide quality backup minutes to Chris Paul or SGA or both or play alongside them and just be a quality role guy. I think, I think in my mind, at least like we really missed that going to the playoffs, you know, the past couple seasons, I, I forget who the backup point guards have been behind Russ, to be honest. That's, that's where I'm at. At least it's like, all right, if I had Dennis, and then the next guy I remember is Derek Fisher, and that's yeah. not really a <laughs> that's, not, right that's not really a good lineup um, of guys. <laughs> I mean, Daquan Cook sticks out more to me than whoever we had um, in the past for the Thunder of just like, you know, oh, that's a point guard. You know, it's like, cool. I, I Actually, I remember, um, oh gosh, I'm going to butcher his name here, but I remember there's a guy who's, I don't think he's currently in the league anymore, but... He was Russ's backup that year, and he was like on the Nets, a D League team, um, not too long ago. Oh gosh, what's his? I'll I'll figure out his name here and shout out at the end of the podcast. But, anyways, it's it's nice to have a quality backup point guard as well, too. Of course. Yeah, and it, it also kind of like plays into the thing that this team has a lot of versatility as well. Um, kind of like what you were saying at the guard position, but if you look at guys like Nerlens, who I was just talking about, he can also play the four, mm, which I think yeah. is so good because. Right now, you have guys like Danilo, uh, who is really good at the four. He's been able to prove that at the past couple of games with the Thunder. He was able to prove that last season as well um, when he wasn't with the Thunder. But you have guys like Danilo, who's able to take over at the four. Uh, if they're really able to utilize Darius Baisley at the four, I think that's such a great look for him because this guy's getting his feet under him when it comes to shooting. And I think that's such a great thing because, okay, Gallinari, he's actually a pretty great shooter. If you were able to watch the past couple of games and then um, over the past couple of seasons, he's just, he's been shooting really well. And I think that's going to be a good role for him this season. But you put Darius Baisley out there at the four, he can play that as well as the three. I think he's a little taller uh, to be on the three side. But if you're going to take guys like Terrence Ferguson or Hamadou Diallo off the court, you're going to stick Baisley out there at the three. Sure. Go for it. I say Um, but then you also have Mike Muscala who he, I think he went like three of four from the three point line, uh, against the Mavericks in Tulsa for the first game. He's a great shooter as well. Or that may have been the breakers game. There are, they're already starting to run together, but, (laughs) uh, guys like him, they're able to shoot really well. They're able to take those shots, uh, if they see them fit for them. But I also think that a lot of those plays are now being drawn up and they weren't being drawn up last season because, who did you see take, take a majority of the shots last season? The two guys that aren't here anymore. Right. And so it's just, it's kind of cool to see everybody getting a chance to shoot now. And then, I mean, we haven't even really talked about Dre yet because he's been out for so long. But when he comes back, I really do think he's going to be great at the three position. And he's going to, he's really going to make a lot of noise if he can get back to being himself. But I, I mean, if you're a Thunder fan out there, I wouldn't. I wouldn't try to rush that or expect to see it right away just because he hasn't played in almost two years. But at the same time, I think he's making a lot of improvements. They're holding him out of preseason just because, you know, why you got to learn how to walk before you can run. So you don't want to just throw him to the wolves right away. So I think it's a good thing. They're holding him out of preseason, making sure that he feels great, feels 100 percent or at least like a good 95 percent. And so they're going to ease him back in. Don't expect to see him in the starting rotation to start the season. That's not going to happen. Or if it does, it shouldn't. And I'm not a coach, but they should probably pay me. Uh, I'm just saying, like, there's a lot of versatility on this team. So that's kind of a positive outlook on this team right now, especially with where they are in training camp. Yeah, no kidding. I I did look it up in the meantime, though, just while we were talking here. Samaj Christian 
who oh I forgot about him yeah he uh he's only played one year in the NBA so that's the kind of quality backup point guard difference we're having here with Dennis Schroeder versus <laughs> gosh there was like Norris Cole and, and other guys I was looking through here too for a second too and it's just kind of amazing to me how you know we've had like Raymond Felton and Isaiah Cannon and Cameron Payne and uh, Smosh Christian, and now all of a sudden we have a quality backup point guard, which just seems like an, an awesome, you know, thing to be able to say that you have a guy who's started in the league for a while and probably wants to still start in the league, but is, you know, able to work his way there while playing alongside a really good Oklahoma City Thunder um, group, at least. You know, I'm not going to say we're an amazing roster because, you know, we're not the Lakers, we're not the Clippers, we're not, you know, the Bucks or whoever it is, but we're still going to be pretty darn good this year, and like we talked about. Top top half of the league probably. So, who who do you think is the going to be this year's MVP? Like, who's going to be the most valuable player for the Thunder? I know it's kind of like the All Star, but a little bit different on the question. Like just for the Thunder, or like league wide? Um, I, you know, I'd say both. I'd say both. Okay. Um. Well, starting with the Thunder, I think it could be. I, I kind of. This sounds so crazy too, but I really do think it could kind of be a tie uh, between Steven and Shea. Just because I think Shea's really going to take a step into this giant leadership role this season. And I think he's going to do some pretty phenomenal things for this team. I think he's going to, I don't want to say like carry the team, but he's going to start evolving into a player that is going to become the face of this franchise one day. I mean, let's be real. Shea, he's here for a while. He's not, it's not like he's about to leave. It's not, he's not really on the trading block right now. Like Oklahoma City has secured this guy down and they're, very excited to start utilizing him in just a key role out there on the court. Um, I really do think that he could be the breakout player of the year for the Thunder. Um, but also, it would be absolutely bizarre to say that Steven Adams wouldn't just because of who he is and how hard he works. And uh, the fact that he currently is the face of this team, that's saying a lot for a big man down low. I think that's awesome because you never see a guy like Steven Adams taking over as just like, the guy for a team. And I think that's so great because Steven is the most humble, hardworking person out on that court, I would say. And he is, he's mentoring these guys left and right, whether he knows it or not. And so it's just, it's really exciting to see a guy like that. And so I don't know, I'm going to say between those two, definitely uh, either a breakout star, or just a seasoned vet who knows what he's doing. Uh, it's going to be kind of like the MVP for the Thunder, but honestly, Calvin is crazy league wide. I don't, I don't yeah. know. Like, I don't know at all because I think the league looks so different now that I think guys that maybe might not even be on the radar for MVP this season will be by the end of the season, just because they're with different guys. They're in a different conference or they're in a different city. They're playing for a different team and a different organization. They're playing a different brand of basketball now. And so maybe I don't even know. I'm literally at a loss for words. I think Houston could <laughs> yeah. be such a good, it could be like a good working piece for Russell Westbrook. He could become this completely new player. And I kind of laugh saying that because again, no one crucify me, but right. Russell's a creature of habit. Things are not going to change the way people think they are. But I also like, you never know. There's just so much that's changed this season that I think anyone could break out and take that MVP spot. Yeah, I, I totally agree on the whole league. The the one thing I stick with is, is that 
Yeah, James Harden's going to have to work with a guy who is less distri- less known to distribute the ball than his previous point guard and more known for having ball control than his previous point guard when that was already an issue. And then Russ is going to have, like you said, the same the same kind of things. Like, if you play the same way for 11 years, you're going to keep playing that way, especially if you exactly. play the same if you, – especially if you played at even more of a heightened level of, you know, the ball dominant, taking to the hoop, the, hey, you know what, I'm going to drive down to the lane – and put something up, it's going to be a dunk, a layup, or I'm going to look to pass it, you know, every single time. Like, James Harden is used to having the ball, too. And even if they stagger the minutes, it's it's hard to say, oh, well, the team, you know, the Rockets still thing, I guess, gets, gets difficult. The Clippers, they've got two new guys. Who knows how they'll fit together? Who knows how many games they'll play? Uh, I've, I've said before, at least on my own podcast here, that I don't think the Lakers and the Clippers will both finish in the top four in the West. I think one of those two teams will have some injury issues or depth issues or whatever it is. And they're, they're going to finish, you know, fifth or sixth. Don't get me wrong. But like, I never, like you said, like it's kind of the speechless thing of like, I don't know, like how, how's Anthony Davis and LeBron James and then whoever starts at center for them going to fit. And, yeah, it's just a bunch of other moving pieces of, okay, Rajon Rondo and, you know, the Lakers thing gets iffy and then you go over the East and, you know, besides besides Giannis, like, there's just not a guy who I go, oh my gosh, like, this Eastern Conference player is able to make it every single year and, you know, fight for the MVP, all type of stuff. It just seems tough. Yeah, no, it definitely does seem tough. I think anything's possible for this season. I don't think anything is just kind of it, it kind of was last season where people were like, oh, that's that's to be expected. Like, look at Giannis, look at James, look at just, you know, it, there were just players last year that everyone had their their sights on all season and it never really, d- like, diminished. And so I think this season things could be so different because I'm so eager to see Kawhi and Paul out there together for Los Angeles. I'm so eager also for Los Angeles to see uh, LeBron and Anthony Davis to see how that's going to work out. But kind of what you were saying, Calvin, I'm the most eager to see how Russell and James work out in Houston (laughs) because that's going to be such a charade to see, oh, no, like, I'm going to shoot the ball. No, I'm going to shoot the ball. No, I'm going to shoot the ball. And it's just very, very, um, I don't want to call them stubborn. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Like you said, like, Russell's been playing the same basketball for 11 years. And... Okay, so Eric Horn of the Oklahoma and asked him one time, said, do you ever think that maybe making this certain adjustment would ever, like, help your team out or, like, maybe give you a little bit more success from behind the line or anything like that? And he just looked at him and said, have I changed the way I played in 11 years? And Eric said, no, question mark. (laughs) And he said, exactly. And so he's, like I said, he's a creature of habit. He's not going to change for anybody. We'll see if that happens in Houston. I don't know. But I think that's the thing I'm most eager to see is how well James Harden and Russell Westbrook work on the court together. Yeah, that's it's gonna be uh it's gonna be entertaining. That that's well you know they're not they're not coming off the bench. Right. So they're gonna <laughs> they're gonna be out there together. So yeah. I'm just kind of like Oh boy, let's see how this works out. Yeah, you can you can only you know that that's the key thing is I listen to a bunch of the, like these these ringer podcasts with Bill Simmons and whoever else, and at the end of the day they say, oh, you know what, the Rockets and Daryl Morey and you know beside you know moving past all the political stuff that happened with China, but Daryl Morey is not going to have the Rockets players you know 
of Russ and James Harden play all 48 minutes together. They're going to stagger them. It's going to be great. Well, yeah, you can stagger lineups, but like you said, they're both going to start the game. They're both going to play the first 8 to 12 minutes together, start mm-hmm. the game. And as much as you want to stagger you know, your lineups and stuff like that, you want your team to be at the best in the playoffs, which is when your starters are playing 36-plus minutes a game. And, you know, I, I, don't, I don't get in what world that Russ and James Harden in staggering their minutes is the best version of them if – if that's the way that the Rockets want to keep going, I would be weirded out if, of course, you know, Russ got traded, or I mean, I don't think James Harden's ever getting traded away from the Rockets, but it, <laughs> it, it, it's going to be, it is, it is like you said, it's going to be one of the more entertaining things to see in the league this year is those two guys, the, you know, the two teams in LA, of course, that are what seems like completely brand new. Um, and, and that does feel together. so new. Yeah. It feels so new. It's weird. Now it's like, gosh, there is going to be the obnoxious, like, oh gosh, no one crucify me for this either. But (laughs) (laughs) Los Angeles is taking over. And now it's so weird because they've officially overshadowed the Warriors, which is crazy. (laughs) And then the poor Kings, you know, they're doing the best they can. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, I... That that I will say of of living in San Diego, so I'm not living in L.A., but it's only an hour and a half south. The craziest thing by far is that there were you were either a Warriors fan or a Lakers fan. But even before last season started, you know, like right when I moved to San Diego in 2018, before the NBA season started of last year, there still are just so many Lakers fans. They outnumber any other fan, and I understand that's globally, but like. It was interesting to me of moving from a city where every single person's a Thunder fan besides maybe a handful that I knew at Oklahoma State that weren't from Oklahoma. But mm-hmm. it, it it is bizarre how many Lakers fans live in San Diego, California, the whole area, and how few Warriors fans there were. Because I would expect there would be some type of transition over when the Warriors were having their streak. And you have people who are bandwagon fans. I mean, of course... Like, I'm going to try to root for the Steelers if Mason Rudolph's doing good one week, or the Dallas Cowboys if Blake Jarwin's doing good one week, et cetera, et cetera, and try to bandwagon to a team in the NFL if I can, because I don't, I mean, growing up in Oklahoma, I don't have like a team that's solidly. Exactly, but, yeah. But it's it's odd to me that there weren't a ton more Warriors fans in San Diego. Um, and there were just so many just diehard Lakers fans. And of course, after LeBron James signed, you know, in, in the summer of last year, then the Lakers fans really let me know they were Lakers fans too, which is, <laughs> I mean, which, which, which I'm sure, you know, one would understand, um, you know, if Odell Beckham gets traded to your favorite team, you're going to be a Browns fan because Baker Mayfield's on the team, et cetera, et cetera, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. to kind of round it out here, who is your favorite Thunder player and why your current favorite? Ooh, that's so tough because <laughs> if, If anyone knows me, and I say this because I tweet about it, I talk about it, I joke about it, I don't know, like, at least 50% of the time it's a joke, the other 50% I'm actually being dead serious. (laughs) I love Steven Adams, just not because of, like, like, how he plays, which, I mean, I love that, too. I think he's a phenomenal player, and my gosh, he's such a treasure to Oklahoma City, but... Here's the thing, Stephen Adams, if you are ever around Stephen Adams, you will understand that he is just the most 
funny, most charismatic, the most laid back human being I've ever met in my life. Like he is so chill all the time. He jokes with you. He looks you directly in the eye when he talks to you. Uh, he, he like, he just makes every single situation that you're in. If it is one o'clock in the morning and you're standing in the locker room, just like dying to go to bed, but you still have three (laughs) more hours of work, he'll like walk over to you and be respectful and make you laugh. And he's just, he's an all around great person. And that's why I'm so keen on him being in Oklahoma city because he, he represents the state of Oklahoma so well, which is funny because obviously he's not even from America, Right. but he, he loves basketball. He does not care about playing in a big city or all the flashy lights. Like, he loves playing basketball. He loves playing the game. He loves contributing to a team. And the fact that he is the Kiwi that is over here in America <laughs> living out his dream playing in the NBA, that is just a phenomenal human being. And he he just goes above and beyond to provide for this team, to be a friend to the guys, but also be a mentor, to be a guy who works hard on and off the court. He is a quality human being, and there is never – ever been a time where I look at him and just say, man, this guy kind of sucks as a human. Thank (laughs) God he's a good basketball player. No, like he's just, he is overall like the utmost quality type of person. And so that's why I'm so excited that he is having this opportunity to just be the guy for this team because he's been here the longest uh, alongside Dre, of course. But I mean, he's been here the longest. He's He's just done so much for this city, and he continues to do that every single year. And he doesn't even realize that we're watching him pretty much at all times. And the fact that he pulls guys aside, like he the other day we were standing in practice and he pulled Justin Patton aside and was working on just different things. And he was working with Nerland and Tyler. Uh, oh, gosh, I forgot his last name. <laughs> there's a, there's a guy named Tyler Oh, Tyler Davis. Tyler Davis last year. He's no longer with the Thunder, but um, Tyler Davis was here last season, and he would always work with Nerlens and Tyler last season. But now he works with Nerlens and Justin and Mike Muscala, and they're always talking, and he's always teaching, and he's always making them laugh, but he's always working and improving. And my God, Calvin, he's just a great person. I could go on about it forever. (laughs) Yeah, so I I agree. The one jersey I have of a current Thunder player – of course, I bought it when I was in Oklahoma City and working for the Thunder for that uh, team store discount. But it's Steven Adams. Um, and the only interaction I've ever had with a guy was him and Enos Kander, both Enos Kander um, at the time, both high-fived me off of a random situation. So I'll, I guess I'll tell you a story real quick here is that when I worked for the Thunder as an intern, we take, you know, one of the things I did was like I took kids down to the court so we could all watch the National Anthem from the baseline right underneath the basket, the Thunder's basket. And I remember, you know, the National Anthem was going on. There was a kid who, you know, was just not having a great time. It was loud. They were like, hey, we got to go. So I ended up picking up the kid. It was, you know, four, six-year-old, Reverend just holding her. And, you know, it was great. Got over. And then, you know, Stephen and Ennis came over to high-five everyone. I was still holding the kid, you know, out to high-five them. And I don't know why, but I was not looking in the direction of the two seven-foot-tall Thunder players who are walking towards me. <laughs> so, and I was looking towards somewhere else. I probably was just like, what the heck? What do I do next? You know, all type of stuff, just being an intern. And I remember just getting tapped on my shoulder. 
And I was like, oh crap, I'm in the wrong spot. And so I just, you know, real nervous, like started sweating the whole thing. I looked forward and there's Steven Adams crouched um, and Enos Kanter crouched in front of me, holding out their hands like, hey, we'll high five you two, man. You know, like you're just one of the fans <laughs> here. And that had to be one of the cooler things. The, the Thunder Snapchat story almost had it on there. They cut it off right before. Of course, the, you know, Thunder players high five some <laughs> random six foot tall dude in a suit who clearly was an employee, is an employee or was an employee at the time. But <laughs> that I hope speaks to kind of how cool those, those guys are that two seconds before the game and two seconds before Steve Nams is taking off his warm ups, throwing to the side and going out for the tip. You know, in, in the interaction with them, the only interaction, of course, that I've ever had with either of those guys, but especially Steven, like, you're right. I mean, you cannot speak more highly of him as, as a Thunder player, a guy who is known as Oklahoma City's guy. You know, right after, you know, Paul George leaves and Russ is still there, it's like, okay, you know, it's going to be Russ and Steven. We're going to run it. It's all going to be, you know, we'll see how this team does. We'll see if Russ, you know, just kind of unleashed. And then, a week later, or two, I forget exactly the timeline, you know, Russ is gone and traded the Rockets. Like, okay, well, this is Steven's, you know, this is Steve's team. And mm-hmm. you're right. The the one Kiwi, the one guy in um, Oklahoma that is from New Zealand playing professional basketball who has to stick out like a sore thumb anywhere he goes just because he's a seven-foot-tall dude from New Zealand with an accent, you know, is, is in turn the nicest guy, the most welcoming <laughs> guy in – that's all I've ever heard about him, and you clearly, you know, you just backed that up, too, of, you know, 1 a.m. at a, you know, on a Thunder game night when you still got more work to do. He still is just a, a super nice, awesome guy, and at the end of the day, I'd say he's got to be my current Thunder favorite, you know, favorite Thunder player. I think my <laughs> past current Thunder favorite player, at least, or favorite current Thunder player, however I want to say it, um, is going to be Russ for a long time. I still own a Russ jersey. I don't know where my Kevin Durant jersey went, but it has been gone for a while. Um, I think a lot of I think a lot of Thunder fans can agree with me. Maybe my dad donated uh, donated it when I left Oklahoma originally, but but still, it's he, he's got. I, I completely agree with you on that one. Like Steve's got to be the nicest guy, coolest guy. Any interview I watch of him, I know all the type of stuff is putting him in the best light. But the one thing I have learned a lot about leaving Oklahoma is how many people dislike Russell Westbrook like I would say I dislike Draymond Green a lot because of mm-hmm. him kicking Stephen Adams twice and you know the guy area and all type of stuff but also just <laughs> like but also just like Draymond Green's just not he's not on my team he gives us a lot of issues and in my mind there's a couple of games where he should have been kicked out of that would have gone the Thunder's way and changed maybe what we're even talking about today here but I did learn that as much as I dislike Draymond Green, that's how a lot of people who are not Thunder fans think of Russell Westbrook. And in turn, they love Steven Adams. They think, oh, yeah, that guy's cool. You know, he's awesome. He's chill, whatever. And the way that the media presents Steven Adams is, you know, can be in the best line. The Thunder can filter stuff, all type of stuff, whatever. But the Thunder can filter everything how they want to as far as releases and cut off interviews, all type of stuff. But the way they, you know... Carried through Russ, made every Thunder fan love him, but every other guy be like, hey, you know what? That's not, not the one guy I gel with. But Steven Adams has stayed true the entire time. He's been the same guy since he stepped in Oklahoma City with the fresh cut coming from Pittsburgh, you know, without <laughs> any mustache, long hair, beard, anything like that. And um, he's been the same guy through and through, which I think speaks to 
awesome he is. And maybe I'll just name this uh, whole podcast here, the Stephen Adams love story at the end of this. Because, <laughs> I mean, we're both we're both speaking highly to him. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's there's really nothing bad to say about the Neanderthal, man. He looks great. <laughs> he does great. And he is great. Yeah. So, yeah, very high on him. Exactly. Yeah. Well, uh, well, Mazin, hey, thanks so much for joining me. Of um, on tonight's episode of the Calvin Glenn Alexander Tour, or the CGA Tour. Where can people find you and listen to more of your thought, Thunder Thoughts and all that type of stuff as well? Yeah, so uh, my work partner, Brittany Trantham, and I have a podcast that we do after every single uh, Thunder game, whether it be at home or on the road. It is called the OKC82 Podcast. Okay. And we always post it on our Twitter, which is at Madison Morris, at Bradita Sports, and at Franchise OK. And, um, basically it's on like Apple podcasts, uh, where I, I don't even know Google podcast <laughs> stitcher, all that. I don't even know. Brady's way better at plugging this thing than I am, but yeah, just you, you'll always be able to find it on our social media. Cause we always tweet it out. Gotcha. But okay. C82. If you're looking to hear more of Madison's thoughts or, uh, <laughs> if you want to hear more about how Oakland state football is going to hopefully fingers crossed here and I'll knock on some wood as well to not jinx it. Beat Baylor this weekend. Um, will you be uh, giving us some stories about that as well? Oh, yeah, for sure. I always uh, post my stories on thefranchiseok.com. And I also have another podcast called Come After Me. I'm a podcast. And <laughs> it's all about Oklahoma State football. And basically, that's just like my raw emotional thoughts because I am an alum. So I am able yeah. to get into big detail about that. Have to stay a little bit on the neutral side for Thunder. But for Oklahoma State, I can rip them apart all I want. So <laughs> check that out. Well, that, that'll be a must-listen for me this week, at least um, as I head back to Stillwater um, to come back for homecoming. But um, awesome. should be good. Thanks so much again, Madison, for joining. Um, if you're still listening at this point as well, please follow at the CGA Tour on Instagram, Twitter, and find the podcast again on Spotify or iTunes. Thanks again, Madison. Um, we'll catch you guys soon.